<laughs> you think this is the real quake? Snappy hands. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's, That's a, uh, lobster. It's a lobster. It's a crustacean, at least. I don't know. <laughs> it's a kind of lobster suit. <laughs> but then if it was total recall back. I, I feel bad for anybody. If, if shit like this ends up in the pre-roll, I always feel bad for people because they don't understand that like Daniels is actually just sitting on a lobster face. Otherwise, it just sounds like we all have like fucking. We're all on LSD. <laughs> Oh, that's like God, that's I'm so fucking lobster. That's so somebody like on drugs watching Total Recall. God. Doesn't Quake kind of look like a lobster? No, he's a person. No, he's uh, <laughs> Donald Schwartz. Not at all. <laughs> October 15th, 2014, the Ides of October. This is Idle Thumbs 180. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Danielle Riendo. And I'm Nick Brecken. No, you're not. Oh, Nick's not here. No Fiverr. Fiverr declined her. We fucked up when we were going to record this, and then Nick couldn't make it after all, so... (laughs) Is Nick... So no we, we promised a fiver last no week. Fiverr. For anyone who's found our podcast in the last two months, the question of whether Nick Brecken is real or whether those words mean anything continues <laughs> continue to be to completely for unaddressed. One more week. Yeah. That's ghost. our own little conspiracy. It is. <laughs> the Nick the Brecken conspiracy. Yeah, that's what it's I called. I was trying also. to figure I was trying to find a uh, like a nice little portmanteau with yeah. Nick Brecken's name and the word conspiracy and could not get there. No. But, no. The breast virus. Conspiracy? Yeah, the, the Breck conspiracy. The Breck conspiracy, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the okay. Breck conspiracy. The Breck conspiracy. Yes. Wow, why did I not get there? Morning cast, no good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there, just sitting there. It if was. you combine right someone's name who, that ends in His the last syllable word. con and the four, another word who starts <laughs> with the sound con... No, not seeing it. No, no, it doesn't fit. Where is the Nick Breedonspiracy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hey guys. I, I started playing uh, uh, the game that Justin McElroy liked so much. Yes. Jack, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishments. Oh, yeah. This is going to be, there's going to be a little bit of Holmes talk across this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is, this is... Holmes all over the place. Oh. Holmes <laughs> it up. A Holmesian affair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about it because it's like, it's, this is the weirdest thing about Idle Thumbs, right? Is like, if you don't love something, it's really shitty to talk about it because you're just like, here's a review. But and thus Sean's opinion of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, I just uh, it was weird to, for the first time. So what is this called again? It's Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments. Okay, I always have to put the S's Multiples, on there. Yeah, yes. because they are in the actual game, not because you just think it's funny. No, they are at the yeah. actual title. Right. Yeah, I was trying to think of another um, nice Russian novel that I could double plural off the top of my head. But morning podcast, Wars and Pieces. Wars and Pieces. War- yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Wars and Pieces. <laughs> Yes. Everything's coming up a little short with little Shaw this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> What's words? another notable Russian novel with an ampersand? Two words. <laughs> Shit. Got nothing. Uh, I don't think there are probably any. Probably weren't written We're any. We're having a good day. 
<laughs> Wars and Pieces. <laughs> Sensational stuff. Uh, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, my, up- my upcoming game, Hercule Poirot, Wars and Pieces. Um, yes. I would probably play that. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> So Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishments. Yes. Uh, It's funny. This is just an indictment of maybe video games in general. (laughs) But (laughs) I started playing it. And it starts with sort of this like interactive set piece where you are Watson in the first person. Hmm. And creepy Watson though, right? You get like you, you are creepy. Do you get creepy blink powers from Dishonored? Like, because okay, so no. it's worth pointing out that Sherlock Holmes: Crimes and Punishments is made because <laughs> we got to put extra S's on things. It's made by Frogwares. Yeah, oh, Frogwares and classic adventure game developer. Frogwares is a they've made they've been making Sherlock Holmes games for over ten years. Yeah, so yeah. like they're this all, is I, I think they're the creators of Creepy Watson. They're French, right? <gasps> I believe so. The French love Sherlock Holmes. No, they're, um, oh, they're not. I just I just loaded it up there. Some company. Western European. They're from Kiev, Ukraine, oh, and sorry, Ireland. Totally wrong. So okay, they're like cool. they're all, all over the place. Yeah, Kiev is in the Ukraine or in Ukraine. Oh, you don't say the sorry, Ukraine. Yes, they're, 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 Ukraine, they're, yeah. they're they're in Kiev, Ukraine, and they're in Dublin. Okay, cool. Yes. Those guys drink a lot when they hang out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just I've known people from both places. Uh, it, yeah. So I mean, I, this is the. This Sherlock game by Frogwares seemed when it was sort of uh, in its preview phase and up into its review phase is sort of like this is actually a huge step forward for the franchise for these type of games for I mean just the visual fidelity is really nice and they have this sort of like um Moffat inspired uh Holmes investigation mechanic where you can sort of scrub through mm. a like 3d path of a human and their surrounds to be like they oh, the, like sh- tilt shift photography close up micro yeah, yeah. Stuff, uh, yeah. A wrinkled whatever and a and a rosary bead and whatever yeah um and it was strange to play a game having worked at telltale making adventure games for so long and i haven't played an adventure game since basically walking dead episode five like before like doing a bug pass <laughs> like it's the last time i played an actual like 3d adventure game like this a, mo- a nouveau 3d adventure game and i was like oh it's a telltale game it was strange that like it's there are these two sort of schools now there's like like action game and then whatever this is um two schools of what of just like modern design i guess of like I mean, of this type of i mean of this that. type of like of 3d high fidelity 3d fidelity story thing okay so you get like the the telltale heavy rain thing or you get like what like a you know whatever shadow of mortar i was gonna say or like a you know or it's just it's everything there's sort of like games and then the not games you know (laughs) like i don't know if that makes sense like things that people put up as this is just a school of design a not game Right, this is like nouveau 3D adventure. Opening up yeah. a really good can of worms. You know, and I don't mean to say a not game, but like a non traditional. Not, it's game? just not an action game, I should say. Yeah, um, an action in the loosest form of the term. And it's funny, just like how homogenous that is actually is is as a genre. After I played a bunch of Crimes and Punishments, and then thought about every Telltale game that. I've worked on or been around or play tested 
and then every the sort of david cage school of of adventure whatever that is right you're putting those in the same bucket yeah, yeah. all yeah. of that is okay. a sort of the same bucket sort of awkwardly walking around a set looking for things uh-huh. not feeling like i'm in the story in those moments but then when i'm in the story feeling completely out of control mm-hmm. you know and it's weird to have made one of those but <laughs> um, <laughs> a few of those but I kind of, I guess I expected, because it was it got really great reviews, Crimes and Punishments, I expected some sort of, like, watershed thing mm. of, oh, as I'm walking, more, st- like, story is happening around right. me. Right, solving some of the yeah. things that you're describing as kind of weak points in that formula. And I feel like the non-action elements of a Naughty Dog game get to a lot of that. You can't really interact with the environment much, but because you're constantly moving forward... It feels like story is washing over you when you're in the not cutscene moments of those games um, in a way that I think is really great. But I couldn't help but walk into a scene in Crimes and Punishments and see already from my vantage point the four people I had to go talk to who were just idling, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. and not even like in a like planted idol, like two feet. They're not like walking around and mm-hmm. like, they're, oh, just, they're just part of the scenery. They are until you signposts. Their yeah. feet are on the ground mm-hmm. and they're not moving. They and have, they're, uh, they're breathing, but yeah. they're not. They're not in some sort of. They're not actually part of the world. No, yeah. they're not like tending a garden and then yeah. you know like you know like wiping their brow and like walking over and doing something else. Then you stumble upon them and they're like, oh hey, you know. Whereas I feel like set pieces in a lot of action games do a better job of that, and I think there's obvious choreography issues with why that isn't the case in a game like this and budgetary issues yeah that's the kind of mean like choreo- yeah. like yeah um they have i want to talk to your face yeah general. production issues in general yeah. Yeah. but man <sighs> it's 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 definitely a style of thing you right. know what i mean and that's always hard for me in any media whether it's a book or a game or a movie when like, oh, I'm enjoying this because it's the style of the thing that I like right. as opposed to the individual creative choices being made. Like, I just can't see past no, the, the genre. I know. I'm with I have the issue with, like, camp yeah. film, you know, and, like, a lot of, like, really intense satire, I think. Um, although good satire is great. But, um, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Like, oh, I'm in an adventure game. I'm not right. actually in the world of Sherlock Holmes. I just can't ever make that mental jump. That's the thing um, that – that's – so you bringing that up makes me – I think makes Sherlock Holmes consulting detective um, even more like compare even more favorably, you know, in that yeah. light, because the thing that, so Sean, you talked about Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, which is a, a board game. You talked about that a few weeks ago on the podcast and I played it for the first time uh, yesterday. Which, yeah, so have I. yeah. Jake also did. <laughs> um, and the thing that is so great about it is that it just gives you information without sort of concretizing any of it beyond just like the the lines people say or like the locations that things are but like you are responsible for taking all the information that is given to you uh, you know clues that you find or like information people say or sort of when you look at the map and you say oh this is here and that's there let's try going here um you're responsible for synthesizing all of those things into some kind of coherent hypothesis and that's something that's then the game when you actually sort of deem yourself to be done the game never says you're done you just have to say okay i think we've solved this now (laughs) and we're going to check if we're right or not like 
even your hypothesis is not interpreted like via a text parser or like yeah. via a multiple choice dialogue tree or di- via any of these things that like take the possibility space of your thoughts and then just funnel them down into something that like algorithmic or uh, listed. Um, and that just like, you just don't feel that like that, the feeling of just being there <laughs> with your friends, trying to figure something out is so, so difficult to achieve in a video game. I feel like you'd have to make, if you were to make this game in a, as a video game, you'd have to just do it the same way the board game is by just having it be a multiplayer system where you just trust, you know, the people playing it to not cheat and right. like, you know, yeah. not like when you're at the end and you're saying, Oh, what do you, um, what it, the way that it, it sort of determines if you've solved the crime is it's, it asks you a bunch of questions it says, Oh, who, you know, what, what were you trying to figure out? Who did it? Why did they do it? You know, how is this person involved? And like, it would be bad if you had to do that from a list of multiple choices or like, right. you know, even I feel like, again, as I say, even if you had to type it into a text parser, I feel like it would be cheapened. Like there's something mm-hmm. really, um, there's something really powerful about someone from the group being like, all right, are you guys on board with this? Like, this is, this is what we think, right? Like it was this guy, he did it for this reason. Like he was an Irish nationalist and like, and you know, he was aggrieved about this thing and like, blah, blah. And it was like, yeah, exactly. Totally. And then you read the thing and like, as a human being who has the power of language, you know if the thing that you read that answers it matches up to the thing you said. You're right. not worrying that a computer is going to like misinterpret, misparse your text, or that the multiple choice thing is actually going to nudge you in the right direction because you're like, oh, fuck, our thing isn't any of these four things, but our second choice was one of the options available. Mm-hmm. So it must right. be. Yeah. Like, there's just all those things happen once you start like. It's interesting because Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective is also available electronically, mm-hmm. as we've talked about when we talked. Right, about but I it. would imagine it's just in the same framework, right? That the do you think that it asks it's an you, FMV, and I think it says, I think it does require. Okay, it just it just has to speak out aloud as a group, and then the game will just read. I the believe content that to. is the case. It is, okay. Somebody could a reader will probably have to write in because I haven't played it. Yeah, they no. were briefly on the App Store, but they're gone. Mm. Hmm. Oh, so you can't get it anymore? No. There were like three cases of that of the old FMV on the App Store, but like, huh. I oh, had wow. a hard time getting them, and then I don't think you can get them now. Yeah. I could be wrong. I was going to ask, uh, since you guys have played this, does having like a physical book and like physical evidence that you're sort of working mm-hmm. through, does that also sort of help with the atmosphere? Since this is a game yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's two... Yeah, I'm a, there's two... There's like a plus and a minus to that. Sure. The plus is that, yes, it feels great. Like, going through five different issues of the times, you know, the newspaper and just like scouring the whole thing for clues and knowing that 90% of what's going to be in there is irrelevant because it's a newspaper. Sure. But then fi- like c- connecting the dots feels amazing. Right. Like there's, this is a, there's a veiled reference in this letter to the editor that kind of thematically relates to the crime. Right. Like, do we want to go mean just like anything? knock sure. on this guy's door and, <laughs> and get there and he's because, like, what are you doing? Because there's no technical uh, requirements to how you view it, like you don't have to view it on a screen. It means when we had we had a ton of us in here, we we had Eight. like the whole company almost, and it was probably too many people actually. But that was okay. But at the same time, it was cool because our case had five issues of the newspaper, so we people would just be focused in a corner on something, and then Paula would be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Uh, there's a thing that I found on the back page of this newspaper that's about 
maybe about something. Yeah. And like yeah. Nice. what that actually yeah. feels like to me is when we've played room escape games together. Like the Sherlock oh, Holmes game totally, actually yeah. oh, feels nice. very much like, yeah, you're right. like a, a really room escape point. game in a box. Because it's but much more thematically coherent. It's really well done. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it. You could basically just buy a copy of this game and decorate a small room to look like Sherlock Holmes's study and say Sherlock right. Holmes is sick for the day. He stopped halfway through this case. Right. Ten people have to solve it, and you could charge people <laughs> yeah. thirty dollars a person to do it, and you'd get away with it probably. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the, that's very much the feeling that this, mm-hmm. that yeah. this experience is like to me. Totally. Except the, that it's just friends around a table. Right. Sure. The only the negative part for me is the part that actually is better in a video game or it can be better in a video game, which is that they can only realistically actually allow for you to visit a finite number of the locations in the world. So sometimes you feel like you have a really good reason to want to go to a certain place, but then it's like, Oh, this location doesn't exist at all. That would have, in that the, has the same issue in a video sure. game. You though, would, right? but it, you just yes. go and the door doesn't open. Or yeah. Whatever. But in a video game, the artifice makes it a lot easier to like, paper over that yeah right Whereas, i will say yeah. the case that we played in particular was much lighter on locations than any other one I oh okay played. All right. like the case book for that yeah. one i would think it was about half as long as the previous one that i had played mm-hmm. where i the, the fact of like oh we want to go to this place and then it's not in the book right that had never happened to me before actually yeah. in mm. two cases that i had played and this this the other the other negative the other disadvantage of doing this as a board game, i'm sure there would be ways to do this as a board game but it's they did. They chose not to solve it, which is fine. Like you got to pick design constraints. But like a thing that you could do much, much, much more easily in a video game is allow for players to visit the same location twice based on you following come back a chain with more of information clues. And have that a follow up question. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you just can't do that in this game because the the way that the book is structured means you can only you could go to a location probably once. redesign the game a little bit. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, there you, are, you there totally are, could. There are board game tools yes. that you have at your disposal to do something like that there are yeah. they just chose not to do it yeah. not to do it and it would i'm just saying it is a thing that would be easier as a game because that mm. stuff is all invisible to you as the right. player like yep. you're not you can't accidentally glance down the page and notice oh there's another thing on this location here right oh, like, i wonder yeah. when i can come back here yeah, or, yeah. yeah. what's yeah. the gating mechanism and things like that right, right. you'd have to do some weird thing where every location has like the same exact amount of surface area but one of them is red and blue gridded out and then when you get the red cellophane you can look at the second half of right. every location you'd have to get or really, who the fuck yeah. knows you'd have yeah. more like open second book mm-hmm. of this case or that's whatever. the kind of thing that is like totally trivial in a game in a, in a, in a video, video game, game. Like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, so I didn't mean to go on so long about this game because we've already talked about it before, but I really, really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. One thing since we last talked about it is we heard from some readers, I believe, that it is coming back into print by the end of this year, potentially. Like the the publisher oh, nice. uh, or a new Hopefully publisher, someone with, is trying yeah. to bring it back. Hopefully, with a better, with like a more rigorous translation, because we we had a couple. It will not be. dead. I no, don't think so. I bet it'll be straight. <laughs> oh, yeah, the translation's always been a little. Funky. Also, apparently, yeah. there are add-on cases that exist officially, and there are a couple fan cases that Whoa, exist. And nice. I don't think any of that stuff's available. But like, we got really vague talking about what's coming back. But it sounds like potentially yeah. there are accessory cases, and this game will be appearing sometime in right. the near future. Because we did get stumped a couple times because in one case because of I think kind of an arguable translation issue, in another case because it was actually just a straight up typo. As far as I can tell, like, yeah. right. a location uh, was just printed with the wrong location, and we yeah. couldn't find it. Yep, that sucked. Yep, we probably would have. Yeah, it would have been very different for us. The thing, one thing that the counter um, consulting detective with crimes and punishments. The first time you sort of use the Holmesian investigate investigatory mm-hmm. mechanic, mm-hmm. at least the first time I used it uh, with this woman. Um, 
I learned you do some things. You like kind of complete. You search whatever her entire situation, <laughs> her person, <laughs> and then it gives you new dialogue options. Um, and you pick a new dialogue option, and in the middle of it, she's talking. And you can have, like, there's a quick time event to be like, aha, no, 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 let me pick up on that thread. You can interrupt her, basically. It's like, it's, it's like a Phoenix Wright hold it situation, kind, kind of. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, if you've gathered all the information about her, Holmes just does his Holmes thing. He's like, well, you met him on pilgrimage, and blah, 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 blah. And it was cool... It wasn't cool. No, it was not. <laughs> because it's just sort of like, oh, man, that character is smart. And I clicked the right, those those buttons. You know what I mean? I found the right buttons and made my, made my character smart. As opposed right. to, oh, like, I... It doesn't do... And I'm sure it ebbs and flows with this as you continue to play the game. But it didn't feel like I was even in the same orbit as Holmes in terms of the yeah. knowledge I had in my brain and the, the deductive leaps that I could reasonably make uh and that's i think this is shitty i think this is <laughs> that's a byproduct of being i mean i think a lot of that is inherent to the form but yeah i was gonna say yeah. i think what you're describing is like a very very significant um conflict between games being really really good at enabling power fantasies but really 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 bad at actually being at like convincingly a allowing you to actually inhabit the like ability or space of the person with that power. Right. right? Like it's really yeah. easy to make Unless a game. Unless your power is you... to jump really high. That's or to kill fantasy. a lot but, of orcs. But that's, that's a yeah. perfect. No, it's not though, because like, that's what I mean though. Like you're, you can, the, the actual thing that you get really good at in a game about jumping high is like timing a button press well or something. Oh, right. It okay. does nothing yeah. to do enough. with like the actual things that are being depicted on screen. Like, which is fine, right? I mean, obviously watching a movie about someone who's powerful or reading a book about someone who's powerful doesn't grant you those abilities as well as well, or actually give you the ability to like understand what it's like to inhabit that person's consciousness. But the, there's, I think there's less of a conflict because those things don't promise to do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas a game kind of makes an implicit promise that like you are this person, you're amazing. And a lot of game trailers are very clearly predicated on telling the person watching them like how awesome you are going to be and like you are going to be right. amazing that's i i, I wasn't sorry I, I wasn't intending to disagree with that i just meant that like the like the way that the chemicals in your brain perceive swinging around new york city as spider-man gives you a lot more of those connections that the uh, as a like as opposed to Sure, I guess you're never going to feel like Sherlock Holmes, right? And I yeah. sure, I guess also swinging around New York City as Spider-Man is inherently a fantasy, whereas being really, really smart, right? I mean, being <laughs> Sherlock Holmes level smart is also basically a fantasy because no one is that for real. But it's right. like you can everyone knows people who are smarter than they are, and so Sean, you're almost kind of describing the sensation of just like being around someone who's really <laughs> smart and then feeling stupid. Even though technically <laughs> yeah, in the game, right. you're it's like... It's yeah. going to be a Watson simulator no matter what you right. do. Yeah, right? creepy right. Watson yeah. sim. It literally yeah. was me just being like, oh, she has rosary beads because that's where the camera tracks to. Yeah. Oh, she has a journal because that was the next stop on the spline. Right. And then, right. And then Sherlock and then the like, game well, <laughs> thank you, player. Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll take da, it from da, da, like, da, That's like, not <laughs> satisfying. I yeah. mean, yeah. I don't know how to make a satisfying Sherlock Holmes game as a video game. Like, well, that's, I think it's that's an interesting line of inquiry. That's clearly why the board game 
explicitly makes you not Sherlock Holmes because when you finish a case in Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective or when you give up, either way, Sherlock Holmes has solved it in the most efficient, perfect way. And you're trying to just like best him, best him or like, if you can yeah, meet or his, like his level yeah, of efficiency. The Sherlock Holmes board game also goes out of its way to avoid the thing that a lot of modern Holmes adaptations are fixated on, which is just you notice – 15 tiny details in an instant and therefore you to do something. This is a lot more like right. mired in sort of the procedural fact finding right. and ca- yeah. catching. But people there are in like lies. very fine details that like we overlooked and we do overlook. Yes. Like, but you because it's also because it's text. You don't have to catch them you, in yeah. a moment and make a deduction though. The way that you do in a video game that's pretending to be a exactly real time right. experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can always kind of like sit there and stew on them. Yeah. It is funny because it's all text. You and it's set a hundred years ago, you do sort of have to get over your reader bias. And I think we had a big problem with that in the case that we did is we like read the scene and then assumed based on nothing, I guess, based on the translation, not being descriptive enough that we knew what the crime scene looked like. And then later it sort of revisits the crime scene as we're wrapping up the case. And we're like, Oh no, we didn't they were just in the middle of a field, <laughs> you know, like we were like, thought they were like, it doesn't really matter. But you have this sort of uh, deductive, this sort of, your brain fills in the gaps the way it does when you read any story. And in Sherlock Holmes, because all the details matter, you right. have to make sure that you're not yeah. holding on to the, you're not those, applying any, yeah, those gaps are not yeah. being filled with assumptions that you're going to use later to right, try to yeah, like, solve the case. You're <laughs> expecting it to be like on a dirt path with like a lit lantern next to the crime scene, but then it's actually in the middle of fucking nowhere or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, both great games, though. I mean, not both great games. I, to, <laughs> to be determined on crimes and punishments, because I, I think I should give it, I think I might be giving it short shrift. It might be filed under not for you, though, for sure. We'll see. It's definitely an adventure game, but people like adventure games. So, like, you know, it maybe is for you, reader. But that's Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments on, I think it's on both consoles. I know it's definitely on PS4 and Steam. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, again, we've talked about it before, is a board game that hopefully will be readily available on Amazon sometime in the next couple months. Really I would good. love to play it. Everything I've heard about. Oh it man, sounds... you should come over. We should play it. Yeah, we'll play yeah. another another case. That sounds awesome. excellent. Yeah. yeah. How's how's life with you, Danielle? Oh, you know, life's pretty good. Once I got home from my LAX experience. Oh my god, yeah, you fucking sojourn. This. You're like Tom <laughs> Hanks. So you you went to Indicade yes. and then your trip home from Indicade sounded was an odyssey. Sounded really cool from from Twitter. Yeah. So I live tweeted my LAX experience. I'll make it, I'll, it's I'll, a bad airport to be stuck in, by the way. Oh, I spent a lot of time at LAX. It's yeah. not a good airport. Yeah, not, a lot, I've not had, a lot of cool stuff there. I've had some bad experiences at LAX before, but nothing, nothing close yeah, to this. Yeah, no, this sounds transcendent. I'll make it really as quick as possible. It is, it is a bit of a of a slog, but I'll make it quick. I was at Indie Kid, and then I went to LAX to come home to San Francisco. That's about an hour flight, just for anybody yeah, who, who wants to know. I spent twenty two hours at LAX. Um, I arrived around eight p.m. On uh, Sunday night, um, I had a piece of carry-on luggage that was in dispute whether or not it was carry-on, even though I've, I've carried this on to many, many a flight, never had of a course. For some reason, I don't know why, because I fly a lot, so I hear the word carry-on a lot, 
But I just imagined you carrying a like dead, a dead crow. Yeah. Yes. Just like, oh, I have this hyena Carry that was hit by yes. a car. I had, yeah. a, I had a, a dead lion, a pelt, you know, I was wearing yeah. it. And they were like, what's this? You know, it's clearly. Maybe it's because I've been thinking about dead lions because that factored heavily into our Sherlock Holmes. That's true. Dead lions? There's a case. dead lion in this case? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there, we there did, were yeah. two of them. Yeah. A pair of them. Two. Let's not get two into this. What? Yeah. That's the name of the case. Is the dead lion? It's like the lions of something or other. Yeah. <gasps> Lion was anyway, lying on you. So you were arguing about this like rotting dead carcass you yes. were carrying, and they're yeah, like, well, "You can't take this on." And you're like, "I take it on all the time." Yeah. How do you think it got so? This rotted? is my I've service animal. <laughs> you know? Oh my god! <laughs> it's very yeah, exactly. Oh, it was really it was a problem, and like this is this is also a part that made this kind of worse. But you know, this isn't the fault of LAX or the airline. But I have anxiety, and I had a panic attack while this was happening. Oh, no. So it was. I was like sweating and like kind of shaking a little bit and nervous while this was all occurring. Anyway, I had to go to three different people in three different locations to finally get this carry Oh, it was an adventure approved. game. Yes. It, it really was. There were points during this experience that it genuinely felt like it was a fucking video game. It actually felt like Alien Isolation. It was like, worst day simulator. Go here. And then a bad thing happens. And then go here. Anyway... Uh, I missed my flight because of this, and uh, I had to talk to six different employees, one of whom made me wait in a line and then literally decided he had something more important to do, and he just left. He was like, I have to do something really important. Goodbye. And he just walked away. It it was amazing. Customer service, I waited in that line, and customer service argued with me for a while about how I was not in the right gate. I was in the right gate. Eventually, they realized that. So. Yes. Couldn't you have just checked the bag? At the point that I got <laughs> to the person to check the bag, it was already too late to check a bag. Okay. So okay, that sorry. was definitely an option I was exploring, but it was not available <laughs> to me by the time I got to that point. Okay. Um, customer service then straight up lied and said that we were on, we were going to be on standby for the 9 a.m. flight. This was at 10... 30 or so p.m. p.m. because you missed your flight because of the dispute is what yes. you're saying okay yes and then um more adventure happened and then the customer service person lied we didn't know it was a lie at that point they gave us cots to sleep on but they took them away at 5 a.m which wasn't very nice um That's anyway cool that they gave you cots though <laughs> yeah i've never I had been a given cot. a cot i had a cot yeah, for a little I was, while i slept in an airport one time not the it was, best it was a nice Did they give you a cot? on a cot i've slept on a bench no, on an just airport on a bench. Okay, on yeah. the fucking ground yeah. Yeah. well i ended yeah. up on the ground at five. Oh, so, of course when you know there was that cot back when they took their cot back yeah by the way lax ma'am it's unseemly to see you sleeping on this cot in this airport yeah, basically <laughs> people will think that we were nice to you somebody Set just woke me up at five and was like i need that back and i was like okay here you go <laughs> have your cut i wonder if they ha- if that is a, just a thing you have to do when you like if you're on at shift a at a certain hour. time like yeah, you gotta check job, right? the box and go like steal all the cots from the miserable people yeah at five though that just seems mean you know yeah. it's in the airport open maybe though. wait till seven yeah. i mean if you ever have a job where you have to like open a supermarket or something which i used to do like yeah you gotta kick all the people out of the cereal aisle on the couch. Yeah. Well, you gotta like, kick a lot of people out of some places, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, the, I don't blame this person. I don't blame anybody who was doing their job during any of this. But man, um, 
Then I slept on the floor. By the way, this particular terminal plays top 40 blaring 24 hours a day. <laughs> 24 hours a day. I I, to- I spoke to... I think Taylor Swift's song is really good, though. Oh. Shake it off. They played Three, like door do- three Doors Down several That's times. not top 40. I know. Whatever <laughs> it was. It was like top 40 from 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was, it was at one point. Yeah. There's certain, I feel like there's certain places you can go that seem like they probably were actually playing that music in like the 90s and early 2000s but just kept It was the doing last time it. that Muzak yes. actually sent a CD maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like their service well, went out of business. You know what's weird about it is that sometimes you hear the horrible mix that actually makes it way more terrifying than that because that's just being out of date or like right. not updating your shit. The worst is when you hear the mix that's like fucking yeah, three doors down and like lit Oh like, yes, you know. So, oh, there was oh, lit. There yeah. was lit. There was country. There was Kid Rock. Yeah, Kid Rock. All that stuff. But then you hear like the one hit from like two months ago, and you're like, oh my god, this is on purpose. Yeah, there was right. Rihanna. Like this is not just like they accidentally still have. Well, it's that, and the then just mix. also like Let It Be will also just appear in the middle of it and <laughs> yeah. then just disappear again. Oh yeah, there was Rihanna. There was hits from this year. There right. was it was which is makes it way worse. Sounds nice because you know awful. it's never gonna that that. That other it's shit's never, never leaving. It's never ever. going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it was the bad three door. I mean, God. Okay. okay. It was the worst <laughs> three doors down song. Superman. It wasn't just, it wasn't God. Superman. It was uh, Here good. Without You. Oh. If you know that song. I don't remember. Which I song. wish I didn't. Anyway. So you woke up at 5 a.m. Woke up at 5 a.m. with the cot taken away. Then I decided to sleep on the floor and then I had a second pan attack. This is all fun. And then at 9 a.m., this flight that we were told we were on standby, we went to go to it. The gate agent said, you're not on the list. They lied to you. You're nowhere on this list. Okay. This person, however, gets my blessing because they actually made a bunch of calls and got us on this flight. So we're really excited. We're like, oh, we had a terrible night. You know, we're going to get home. The plane was broken. We deplaned. We got on a second plane. They told us that a tire was slashed. Then they told us that slashed. three tires, three tires were slashed. They needed to lift the plane up to change three tires. So we got off the second plane. First off, oh, no, I'm not getting back on that plane. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like somebody has it right. out for this one. They're actually yes. you just you you sort of look up and you see the flight attendant talking to the captain, and you sort of lip read the word saboteur. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> that, the oh worst plane sabotage ever. We'll just replace the tires. We're going to slash the thing that it doesn't need them. Like, yeah. it flies. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you slash the wing. <laughs> like, you fucking idiot. It's like, the wing falls off. <laughs> well, ten minutes later, after we deplaned the second plane, that flight was canceled. So, then we had to wait in, and I swear to but you. at this stage, at least you have a ticket. Well, so you're transferring. That's around. what yeah. we thought. Yeah. We didn't. Uh, we got in six different lines. We were told different, six different things. Uh, we got on the phone with the United Airways. This was U.S. Airways. Sorry, not United. I was tweeting at U.S. Airways at this point, saying I'm I'm really upset. You know, and they they gave us a number. The Twitter handle gave us a number. I called that number, and they told us that we were still technically on standby, so we did not have a confirmed seat. It was going to be another four hundred dollars to confirm our seat <laughs> on the next plane. I'm not even kidding. Um, and I was upset about this. I looked into some other options, buses, Amtrak. At that point, it was we were so far into a far-flung terminal of this airport that like it would have taken another two hours to get to the Amtrak station from where we were. So it was like, all right, we'll just stay here and we'll just eat this fee. Three lines later, we were able to talk to someone who helped us and actually got us a real ticket on a real plane for 6 p.m. that evening. So we went to three other terminals 
finally got to where we were going. There were a few gate changes along the way, whatever. We got on a plane at six o'clock, 22 hours after we had arrived. And uh, landed here in San Francisco. And we made Lovely. it home. That is bonkers. <laughs> when I, yeah. As you were yeah. saying this, I was thinking about like a game about this. <laughs> and then I was thinking, oh, so like you're in this crazy fucking Kafka nightmare. Yeah. But then I realized probably what the game is, is you play as the airline. Yeah. And it's basically yeah, that's a more a t- fun version. It's basically a tower defense game. <laughs> yes. Except instead of like towers, it's just it's just nightmarish bureaucratic obfuscation. Oh yeah. There were right. several computer prevent systems. prevent passengers from going down the, like, the breezeways exactly. onto planes, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. There but were then computer get- malfunctions. There was, uh, you know, we couldn't get seat assignment. I mean, I'm leaving out a lot of the fine details of the fuck-ups that, that's here. That's okay. It's but, like, those are the broad strokes, yeah. you know. The, the story ramps up pretty well when it goes from, we were kicked off of our flight to three tires were slashed on the third plane. That <laughs> yeah, that's right. the story. Okay. That's, it, that's at the that point, it just sounds the like there is a malevolent god at there work. There really was. Yeah. You know, I mean, that... Yeah. There is just a stupid cursor clicking around. It's like, shit, they got on the plane. Waste all of our resources on hiring this person <laughs> right. to slash. Exactly. It's, almost right. just like, it's like buying Kerrigan in StarCraft. If it gets to the point that you need that to keep Danielle off a plane, you're like, I think you're actually, cashing in some favors. I think, okay, I think what you're trying to do is you're not trying to prevent passengers in general. You're trying to prevent specific, yeah. a specific pair of passengers. But like... There but they're be, inside of the sea, like Adam Zombie exactly. Smasher. Like, yes. There's going to be a lot of times where, like, you just don't know where they are because they haven't. Because you know, oh, they're locked. Goes, they check it at the gate. Oh, yeah. like, shit! Like, <laughs> fuck it. They're two terminals away. Fuck. <laughs> like you only know where they Deploy are. Deploy the guy's little like, beepy cart. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Wait, take the cots away. Take the cots away. Right. You only know where they are when they like call when they are singled out. You or when they yeah they check in at a desk <laughs> or like when they use one of the machines to like scan their boarding pass or when they go through the TSA line. Right, you ha- yeah, you have to try to send them from one terminal to the other where there isn't a connection outside of security, so they have to go through the security line again. Right. Oh, like, they just- tried that. They did try that. Actually, <laughs> this really happened. We had to go through like three employees had to give us very weird instructions how to find a special tunnel so that we didn't have to go through security again. But we almost had to go through security again at like two points during this odyssey. Go through a secret tunnel? They're, they call it the tunnel. I'm not kidding. Between gate six tunnel. and gate five. That's how, not the, gate that's, how the, that's how the slasher got onto the fucking tarmac. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it was through the tunnel. Terminal yeah, have, five and terminal you, six you are, at LAX. In this, in this game, you, you maintain these tunnels um, because that actually makes it much easier for your like right, but you don't want to put the mad exactly. slasher in the tunnel at the same time as these passengers or as any passengers because that slasher will kill anything that it sees. <laughs> so totally that's also true. a sort of management layer that you've got to you got to be careful. The slasher had to be yeah. There was a very specific time the away. slasher had to be in the tunnel. Okay, they're asleep on cots. Deploy the slasher. Yes. <laughs> Shit, the guy's taking the cots away. It's five o'clock. <laughs> Where's our slasher? Where's the fucking slasher? Where's the slasher? <laughs> you also don't know where the slasher is at any given. Moment. Oh my god! <laughs> because it's a fucking slasher. There's also rogue. <laughs> elements vaguely in your employ. <laughs> it seems fine. I actually think that would be a cool game. It would be a very strange and specific game. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Danielle's LAX Nightmare. Yeah. Yay. So Did don't... you play any video games at Indicate at least? Well, I played a lot of Alien well, Isolation. Is, it is worth pointing out that if this game is about games journalists entering various airport terminals and alleyways, you'd probably <laughs> have to call it Gamergate. <laughs> yes! Just oh saying. my god! Anyway, that's the only mention of that word on this episode of this podcast. Yeah. How about Indicade? Yeah, Indicade was cool. Sorry, Sean, you look pained. 
<laughs> Indiecade was fun. I actually hid from parts of Indiecade because um, uh, <laughs> you had a lot of panic. Of this stuff <laughs> happening because of the thing that shall not be mentioned. But no, I mean, well, fuck it. We should talk about it. I mean, I'm not going to say we shouldn't talk about it because it's like people aren't talking about it enough because it's goddamn insane. Yeah. Uh, no, it's true. But yeah. um, yeah, everybody should be talking about it. Uh, to some extent. I met so some, what, what Indiecade feels like a pretty like pretty like Indiecade is wonderful. Yeah, I I felt safe at most of it. I was actually hiding from it partially because um just honestly the stress of all this stuff has yeah. been has taken its toll to be honest. Um yeah. you know, <laughs> I wasn't hiding as in like I was hiding in a closet somewhere. No, I was like, course. you know what? I'm going to sleep in today and I'm going to play Alien Isolation for a couple hours. Then I'm going to go see a bunch of talks and meet a bunch of people. Okay. Which Seems is like honestly yeah. what I did. I didn't so really had, like, play. Time, yeah, that's your life time to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just, it like, was, you lived a good life. It was relaxing saying. time. It was like I, I did some sprinting workouts and I went to the pool. It right. was fun. That's how I relax. I know I'm a weird person, but anyway, no, that's, that's that is how I relax. Um, and I met a lot of really, really lovely people. And there are a lot of Idle Thumbs fans that I met that were really, really nice. I took nice. a picture that's with awesome. a fellow who is in the um, – oh, they, they do a partnership with CHLA uh, and is for the Child's Play charity, sort of like their chapter, the LA folks. They, an Idle Thumbs fan, Brian cool. was his name, I believe. He was very nice. Um, yeah, I just sort of met people, talked to people, met a lot of people that, you know, I've played their games over the last year. A person named Laura Mer- Mary Glitch, who made the game Curtain, which oh, cool, I talked yeah. about a little Curtain. bit on this podcast. Yeah, uh, they it. were wonderful. It was amazing to meet them. Yeah, so it was it was quite nice. It was quite nice to be in a place that felt very safe. And, you know, it was really cool that it's L.A. and it's actually Culver City. So it's kind of this really L.A.-ass L.A. kind of place. You're right near the Sony Pictures mm-hmm. studios. And it's like all these people with, like, dyed hair and piercings and they're cool and a lot of people are queer. And a lot of people are just awesome and very cool and very not L.A. Mm-hmm. in this center cool. of L.A. And and that was awesome. Um I attended one of the best talks I've ever been to in my life, uh, which was, was about that? politics in games, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, gave it? So, Patricia Hernandez from Kotaku, full disclosure, was oh. was on this talk, yes. Was um, it on a panel or she panel. gave the talk She herself? was on a panel. Oh, it, was, okay. it was a panel of oh, folks. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Mohini, I'm not going to pronounce her last name correctly, so I'll just say she's Freya Dada on Twitter, uh, was on this panel. Um, there, were, there were some other folks... Um, Wow. I'm sorry that I'm blanking on some of these folks' names, but it was an excellent, excellent talk about really just all different from folks from all different um, sort of walks of life on this panel. So we had a journalist, we had two game makers who who work at, you know, sort of a smaller studio. There was uh, Ido who makes games that are just sort of like interesting political. uh, He calls them polemical games instead of political games, including vietnam romance which is he was sort of showing this off as as a game that's sort of an adventure game a 2d adventure game that is about the way that people have sort of romanticized vietnam after the war and folks Mm. who collect artifacts you know memorabilia for vietnam during this era uh really really cool and, and interesting not something i had been aware of previously and mohini who who um just is fascinating and an interesting person and was talking really a lot about politics and the, the sort of the idea of the simulacra, you know, in, in American life basically and in games in general. Um, I sort of live tweeted it because I can't write about it because I, right. I couldn't write about this panel because somebody, I, my partner is on the panel. So um, I sort of live tweeted that and, and just 
loved it. You know, it was like really smart people talking about a thing. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, one of my favorite experiences of being at IndieCade didn't actually have anything to do with IndieCade. I went to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. <laughs> oh, man. And it was the best. <laughs> it was the best thing. There was an alien uh haunted house oh, had so xenomorphs basically chasing a, week, after a me. week after you saying i wish i could be in this place on this set you went to this place i on did this set. Okay. and it was amazing worked all, it all worked out for you it was it was really really good um if, if you're unaware halloween horror nights is basically like a really high end with good production values set of haunted houses they actually turn the park at night into sort of like I don't know if you guys have, like, a spooky world or the way they do, like, Knott's Berry Farm or, or something yeah. like that or a Six Flags where they turn some of their attractions into basically haunted houses with, you know, actors and like makeup. spooky mazes, basically? Spooky mazes, exactly like that. Um, only th- this is done is with, like... spooky mazes? Is that a thing? No. A thing? Like, they're literally just a, a lot of... A lot of oh, theme parks. Okay, literally, okay, it is just... Okay. A sp- like, it's a maze with spooky lighting and guys oh, who go, okay. bleh. They just run out at okay. you, that kind of thing. Okay. Only with really excellent, like set design and lighting design and a narrative for each maze you know mm-hmm. so the alien it was alien versus predator but it was mostly alien so it was cool you Please. know <laughs> each each set kind of has you know a, a little piece of narrative it, it's very game designy the way you know these are designed but you're physically in the space the, there's sound effects that are really good and the makeup and costumes are they're really really good like the xenomorphs looked like xenomorphs so it was, it was awesome you know um so that was really really fun and i really enjoyed that and I got yelled at by a xenomorph, and I screamed really loud. You got yelled at by a xenomorph, like, "Hey, don't go well, there!" Well, it was like it was like the shrieky, like, you right. know, with the oh, arm and actually, it was scream. an in-character scream. Yes. It wasn't the guy in the suit going, he was like, "That's not an exit," or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have been kind of great. Actually, has your opinion evolved about Alien Isolation at all? Are you just still in, st- in it and stoked. I'm still in love with it. Okay. I think that has to do with the I way I'm last, playing I it. I listened to all of last week's episodes, so I'm, yeah. up, I'm up on it. Yeah. yeah. So I think it has to do with the way I'm playing it. I'm really just playing it like every couple of days for a couple of hours. Oh, that's nice. No, that's a good way to play a game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's stressful and tense and it's making me swear a lot and it's making me sweat while I'm playing it. My hands are like, you know, sweating on the controller as I'm playing the game. That's exactly what I want out of an alien game. Um, so yeah, same opinion as I had previously. Cool. Um, really enjoying that. Awesome. You guys want to take a break? Yeah. Sure. Video games. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it super simple to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. And Chris, a reader, has done just that. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, Christopher Olson wrote in to uh, note that his girlfriend's blog was registered through the Idle Thumb Squarespace promotion. You can find it at pastryaffair.com. And this is a blog where the author discusses all kinds of delicious uh, pastry treats that she um, makes. She includes the recipes. Oh, she makes them? Mm -hmm. That's even better. And uh, she has photos and like sort of just talks about them for a while and why she made this thing and so on. And it's a... Works great on mobile, works great on your desktop. It's pastryaffair.com. And you, too, can use Squarespace by going to squarespace.com and entering the offer code THUMBS at checkout. Plans start at $8 a month. Include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And, yeah, we'll help out the show. So that's squarespace.com 
Enter the offer code THUMBS at checkout for a free trial and 10% off. Video This episode is also brought to you by Hulu Plus, an online streaming subscription service for all of your computers and mobile devices and everything that plays videos, basically. (laughs) Uh, Go to HuluPlus.com slash THUMBS for a free two-week trial to check out everything they have on there. I am literally last night started with the the pilot of the X-Files. And I'm going to watch (laughs) 220 episodes, 10 seasons 202 episodes, whatever it is. 201 or something, yeah. Of the X-Files. They have that on Hulu Plus. I have seen in my life maybe 50 episodes of the X-Files, like here and there. And I like them all. And like, it was like a time of high school where like Adam and I were super into the X-Files. I would say that although Hulu Plus includes the entire run of the X-Files, you could probably stop somewhere in season six and you'd be okay. (laughs) Well, I'll stop when I feel like it. Anyway, HuluPlus.com <laughs> slash thumbs. For that and many, many other shows. For only the X-Files, I think. Is all <laughs> and Twin Peaks. Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks Twin Peaks. <laughs> the great shows of the 90s. Video games. But the pilot is really good. Yeah. yeah there, there's a lot of good stuff in The pilot show. is, it's like, like a woebegone era of like, oh, I really just fucking wish like a good, sharp not bullshit pilot could be made like that today. It's really good. It's an hour long. Oh, it's really good. The chemistry between Mulder and Scully is just instant. Oh, it's delicious. Okay, I watched the fucking pilot for the X-Files last night, too, and the oh, second really? episode. Yes. Wow. wow. With what? Patricia, for the first time ever, she's never seen them before. I had never seen any of this for early season stuff. Oh, it's amazing. I got into, like, season five and six-ish, and then I was sort of, like, pretty much done. Yeah, I watched three through six in, like, grad school, but now I'm going back and watching the whole That's thing. It's so again. weird. We were both Why? watching the pilot. Why crazy. last night? I literally just... I'm going to watch all 201 episodes of the X-Files, was the decision <laughs> I made. I can't just decide to watch one thing. I would just be like, no, this is my thing now because if i make that decision in an instant like last night now i don't have to make that decision again for like a month exactly it's perfect just keep putting on x files is just keep it just just goes it'll pick up where i left off i find it reasonably treasonous that like the day chris and i launch a twin peaks themed (laughs) podcast the other hosts of this podcast start watching the x files oh my god you know what that means the other 90s i need to be honest i don't like what that means i know you don't like twin peaks i don't like twin peaks i'm really excited for your podcast i'm sure it's gonna be really good (laughs) good you know this means we need to make an x files rewatch podcast dota slash dota today situation there's yeah, and it, you, yeah, you guys. Twin Peaks rewatches your Dota today. I, unclear. I didn't <laughs> listen to the episode yet. <laughs> I don't know what the production values are like, or the they're chem- like this podcast. I don't know the chemistry the of the hosts. Thing. I don't know, man. I don't know what the format is. I don't know. Mm. You gotta c- compete for my ears. Mm-hmm. Huh? With I won't. You gotta work for <laughs> it. That new Taylor Swift album that's coming out. Very good. 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 Sean That's programs good. most of the music in the Los Angeles International Airport. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> um, he wishes. Death Should we be back? Ears. I don't know. Are we back? I think we're back, right? I think we. I back. think we're we are back. I think now. we've been back. I think oh, we've been I don't back. think we were back until now. Fair enough. We'll let history decide. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll no. let history and Chris oh, decide. No. <laughs> yeah, Chris, history, Remo. I played a, a detective game also. Really? I like that you would just say, I played a, a detective game. Like, I also I played a detective game. Called The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Oh, you played uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. So did, uh, did I so ever. Did, uh, Sir Chrome over here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, I, you know, I played the first couple hours anyway. I streamed it in my natural accent, which was fun, which was mm-hmm. my most. That's you can say Carter yeah. the whole time. Like, Carter. Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan Carter. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a supernatural detective game, adventure game, much in the vein that you were talking about earlier. This style of game, this nouveau. Yeah. It's first person, game. though, right? It is first person. Yeah. That's totally different, though, than kind of what I was talking about. Like, if, if Sherlock Holmes' Crimes and Punishments was first person, which is what I was hoping it was. Oh, I, I was been... thinking of it as if it were first. No, it's person. a third person. It. Is okay. it the, the opening? The opening is first, is first person, but the rest is third person oh, follow cam. Interesting. Wonky third person follow cam. <laughs> well, Ethan Carter. So it's the PT of Sherlock Holmes games. <laughs> yes, because that Silent Hill game that PT is no is a spin off. It's, 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 it's a rail. It's not actually first person. It's first person point to point. Oh. In the beginning, yeah, I need to make it clear. You're in a first person. So you point are to point. creepy, Watson. Yeah, you're in a first person point to point set piece, dodging bullets of like Holmes is like blindfolded, shooting them in his study, and you have to like get over to like stop him. It's <laughs> it's wow. a thing. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so intense. You can't be shot. Speaking of not that, the vanishing of Ethan. Carter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Except. It's it's a pretty game. It's very pretty. It's set gorgeous. in this sort of like you know fall small town setting. Ethan Carter is a a boy who apparently wrote into you. You have some ridiculous dime store novel name that I can't remember right now. I'm saying it. Chris, yeah. do you remember name? what his I, name I was? I can't remember, but yeah, you're, but I felt the same way. It's yeah. some ridiculous like. I'm gonna make this well, up. It it's like off with the, J.P. Thorpe or some stupid. You know, it's no, not. It's, that's it's not what it is, of, but it's ridiculous. more than that. But yeah. Like, yeah, and he introduces himself by being like, when things go wrong, just like, like, yeah. like Slam yeah. Enigma, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It yeah. really is like, yeah, Mr. Enigma. Yeah, it's really ridiculous. Um, you I mean, come it's to probably this... Jack something, right? It's probably yeah, like it's... Jack. God, why can't I remember this? Bless fucking... you. Shit. Jack Looker. It's something that yeah, stupid. It's something, it's right. something oh, that it's dumb. Paul Prospero. That's Paul it. Prospero. Paul Prospero. Prospero but I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Paulie, Paulie Prospero. It's yeah, Ross that's right. <laughs> They call me Ross Perot. The nose. I'm a billionaire. I got big ears. When you have to reform the government. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very dime store novel. Flat tax. Setting. Supernatural. <laughs> Something's gone horribly wrong. The first puzzle involves... Um, a train and someone who was run over and lost their legs and then was murdered somewhere else. So you solve puzzles in this first-person 3D game. Uh You solve puzzles and then you enter a sort of investigation scene where ghostly figures of of where people were during a murder scene appear and you have to then solve that puzzle. But it's, it's sort of a different... It has the 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 Sherlock Holmes like you know floating words that go yeah, faster I saw that when you stuff. get closer and that was in to like a, that was in heavy rain and things like that yeah the, very heavy rain sort of thing um, I really have been enjoying the puzzles themselves but not the writing I think the writing in this game is really how can you pretty do that? terrible like how how does that how teach me how yeah. to do that how to appreciate a thing for like one of its parts. And but, then not, not but not the, the other whole. parts that are like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. How do you do is that? Is there nothing that you like that is not 100% perfect? What do you mean by that? Um, no. <laughs> I, I, the al- Alternatively, it's rare for me to like something that has one giant glaring flaw that I can't get over. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, there's the, al- like, there's the alternative to a glaring flaw can just be fine. Sure. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can just, just not draw attention to itself. Okay. 
You can't you know. deal with glaring. But flaws. I think in this case, it might just be that you are a person who writes dialogue yeah, for I video think games. Also just so like that. Uh, for other but people, like, bad writing is, for other people, bad writing is fine. And for you, it's a glaring flaw. Yeah, I guess. Like that's. that's I mean, you know, it's so weird to me. Yeah, I hate to like put. It, I don't like that as a framing, but I guess I have to allow it. I mean, it might, it might not be the case. Yeah. It's it's not very good. It's just very cliched. It's very like this young boy stumbled onto something supernatural and his family went crazy. It's just very like that sounds cool though. You could write that well. You could write that well, yes. But yeah, it's, it's I don't feel like it's well. written written very well at at this at this stage. I'm only like three, maybe four hours in. Um, but enough hours. Yeah, I feel like I would know. Yeah, at this point. So I, you've played it too, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I felt the same Chris way. Chris is only I, twelve hours in. So he's not sure also. <laughs> no, I no, I, I actually kind of just petered out sure. after a while because I I just couldn't really find anything to grab onto, I suppose. Sure. Like yeah. I was kind of walking around this place and it's fucking beautiful as hell. It's yeah. so gorgeous. I it just they really nailed it, like visually, you know, to an impressive degree. Um but I I would kind of walk around and I find these puzzles and they just felt like Here's pu- a puzzle. Like just, Here's a puzzle yeah. like, like mist or something, right? Which is fine. But I don't know if that's for me anymore. Sure. Um, in that way. Um, and the, I, it was hard for me to swallow the, like, you're a detective with supernatural powers yeah. thing. It's just not really my, up my alley. And like, not to say that that's an inherently bad choice or a bad thing, but like, you know, it's just not, I don't think it's f- for me totally. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had a hard time, like, Finding something about this game that, yeah, yeah, a hook that I could be like, yes, all right, cool. Now I'm bought in. You know, I just never really, I just never really felt bought in, I suppose. Yeah, I I should probably say, like, I played this two or three weeks ago and I haven't gone back. So, you know, I definitely can understand that as well. I I think um, a game that it kept reminding me of, but I actually really did enjoy and did have a hook for me was Murdered Soul Suspect. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say that. that. Yeah, which I really, really enjoyed, even though, again, I think there were a lot of flaws in that game, but it it took place in Salem and it had this kind of cool ghost story. It was also a very dime store novel kind of setup. Like, it was very, it was a little cheesy, but but I still, for some reason, that really kind of grabbed me. Where this, the writing is just kind of. But it feels like off. Ethan Carter, because I didn't buy it because Chris played it, and then I went, "Oh, thank you, just save me some money," because <laughs> it communicated that it was like a serious adult piece of fiction about right. a That's mystery. actually what I thought it was going to be. Was I didn't realize this was like beautiful, was, yeah. like well crafted world. This has a, like an insane level of fidelity, and you're going to. Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, like this is this is this is what I want to do." And then the moment the supernatural shit started, I went, "Well," and Chris was playing it at his desk and said, "Oh no, <laughs> like there's a supernatural oh, shit no. in here." <laughs> I went, "Oh, ah, yeah, yeah." Well, it was, it was kind of unclear to me at first whether it even was supernatural because you know it starts and you yeah. get all this like, the weird words like, swirling around the thing, and I'm process? like, "Yeah, I'm like, oh, is yeah. it, this is just how it represents how you like." identify things i guess and then it just kind of as it was going on it started to feel more and more like fractured and kind of like un it it doesn't feel very grounded in any yeah, kind exact, of reality exactly even fiction. even like an invented yeah, reality exactly. like it, it's this is something that it's hard for me to actually fault this developer for honestly because it's fucking difficult when you're making a game being like okay what's the reason the player has to just like solve some puzzles or like go to this place now like yeah it's so hard to actually come up with like consistently believable like 
consistent to the player and also internally consistent to the world, like reasons for just things to happen and for stuff to be right. And for things that the player can like directly address and sort of fix without being a combat system or like a sliding box puzzle or something like there's, it's so hard. And so supernatural stuff is like a way you can do that. It's a way you can just choose to solve those things. But being like, you can see things that aren't there. You know, like the, the, the game, the room is, is like that by way of the like lens you can put over stuff. And then it, it shows properties of the world that you couldn't otherwise see without applying this lens over it. And so it allows you to have this like additional layer of understanding that you can use to work through the puzzles. And that's, I think, you know, the same reason that in a game like this, they say, oh, you're, you have these, the supernatural sixth sense or whatever. whatever. Yeah, Yeah. right. Exactly. But, but it's hard for me not to, when I actually experience it as a player, it's hard for me not to just think, oh, it's like a reason they can just sort of put some abstract puzzles in the game. Yeah. Um, and I, I just didn't really ever. Yeah. It didn't ever catch with me. Yeah. I can definitely understand that. I, I think with murdered soul suspect, which I, I might be the only person who really liked this game. It, it but it went whole hog into its fiction and it yeah. really, you know, it was goofy and cheesy, but it just, mm-hmm. it went for it. And Ethan Carter just feels a little bit like, oh, we kind of did this as a Band-Aid. You know, like we kind of went supernatural because we yeah, kind of had to, you know. Like it's, yeah. like it's like yeah. playing a little too cool for school with the fact that it, like with itself, even though it has that yeah. stuff in it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a weird thing about being on a video game podcast that I haven't thought about in a long time <laughs> is that it, it kind of makes it harder to have that experience where you're just like, the one person who likes this thing that nobody else seems to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, so you'll just have that. That's not true. Uh, yeah. What? I just feel like I like lots of stuff you guys hate. I'm not saying us specifically. Oh, okay. I mean, like in, in life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, cause once you have to sort yeah, keep of going, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite. Yeah, I know. It's going to be hard to me. It's fine. It's hard for me to explain. Cause I, I can't actually think of the last time that I did this, right? which is what's tough. But I remember in the past, in my life, having the experience of playing some just like totally nonsense game that I kind of recognized was really stupid <laughs> in a lot of ways, but was just like, well, I've, th- th- I just like this dumb experience of like playing this thing. Yep. Um, You're Zuma. <laughs> kind of like Zuma. Yeah. Although Zuma, I think there's like millions. Of, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, there are other people who agree with you. To be like compulsively liked yeah, for right. mechanical animal yeah, reasons. Yeah. 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 Um, but like liking something and then sort of knowing that there's no defense for liking it. I'm not saying that's the same as murdered soul. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You say you framing it as like you being the only person who liked it reminded me of how hard it is to actually feel that way <laughs> yeah. when you're beholden to like explaining your thoughts on something sure. in detail every week. Right, to, it's, you know it's, why, is it the reason you like like scandal? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I kind it's, of like just it, really liking scandal and knowing that it's pretty trashy, but I just, <laughs> You don't yeah. you don't have to come yeah. onto a podcast yeah, exactly. and then somehow justify the experience of playing it to people. Like we generally don't just go, you know, I like it, really like it. It's cool. <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. dumb, it's boring content. It's That's dumb, not- right? You can't like it's dumb fun. I yeah. can't recommend it to you if this sound, you know, like yeah. you just, yeah. you, it just like you just bury whatever you'd say under like five thousand hedges. Like I mean, Chris also would not come onto this podcast and be like, So I was watching Scandal last week. Here's what's interesting about it that I'm gonna convey to you. <laughs> would like, you do it as a TV podcast? You'd probably come back to it, right? If this was if we were just as a more yeah, general media. The thing podcast. about Scandal is that the kind of the thing that's interesting about Scandal is like you don't need to have watched as much of it as I have to get, right? Which is like it's a show about a sort of 
like mature, extremely competent black woman who exists in a world that is like traditionally not powerfully staffed by that kind of person. Right. But like I've watched what three seasons of Scandal, and like that's no longer what's why. <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah. Like, that's like the reason you're like, oh, an interesting premise. Like, right. I'll watch this for a couple you don't episodes. Spend around for sixty like, hours, forty episodes yeah. later. That's I'm not still sitting there being like, oh, interesting. No, no. <laughs> you actually are like <laughs> you're like oh, my I wonder, stories. Like, I want. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if Zachary's yeah. gonna be a fucker this time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah you're really yeah. just into the. Is that yeah. a Sandra Rhymes? It is a Shonda Rhimes, and I'm okay. also watching her new show, How to Get Away with Murder, which is, like, Excellent. trashier than Scandal. Yeah, you mentioned that last week. Yeah, because it just starts off as trashy as Scandal, like, becomes. becomes. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Perfect. Whatever. I don't fucking care. So, I like I don't her, even if I don't like I mean, I kind of wonder, I wonder yeah. if it's a byproduct of the podcast a little bit, or is it also just we're getting older and what's on offer is less, it's like... I don't know. It might be twofold. One, you know what I, mean? I think I think we self-select a lot more aggressively than we used to. And also, I think being on this podcast might have made all of us far better at articulating the thing that we like about a thing. I'll yeah, I think those are true. Well, because you were just... No, that's definitely true. I think I mean, I, I think, think right. there could there years ago, one of us could be playing desert golfing and be like, it's just fun and I can't stop playing it. <laughs> right. And that game is... There's a lot of things that you could say... And there are. I mean, you've, you've spun 20 minutes of very interesting stuff out of that game. And for justifiable reasons, but like... No, I think you're right about that. I mean, Zuma is also a game that's designed to be a guilty pleasure, but you happily would tell people down to the detail what you find fascinating about it and why you can't stop playing it. Right. Whereas... And that's a skill, I think. That's not No, just, I think you're probably right. And there probably are people who are television writers. Or I'm sorry, like television critics. You know, people who mm-hmm. follow television who are probably... Right, a lot have a lot more to say about that stuff than I do. I guess we're becoming that now because we're doing a new podcast called Twin Peaks Rewatch. Oh my god! Which, I'm doing a podcast called Sean Started Playing Desert Golfing. <laughs> and every fifty five minute podcast, every fifty holes, I'm going to do a recap, and people can play alongside. You me. should stream it every hole. Well, like <laughs> every hole. that one was really hard. Nailed it. Next week. Next week. Oh man, nine strokes. Woof. God, it would take you the rest of your life to finish that podcast run. Well, it depends on how many episodes. I wouldn't just record one episode a day. I'd probably record like a hundred at a time and just chop them all up. Because, <laughs> like, no, it wouldn't take me the rest of my life. There's 10,000 holes. Yeah. I hope I live longer than. Oh my God. It would take me the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I live to be 89. The math is just <laughs> short. Oh, no! <laughs> What? The math just dawned on your face in the most <sighs> wonderful way. I actually just, my whole body went cold and I got <laughs> short of breath. <laughs> God, can you imagine someone when, like, the day Desert Golf, or like, whatever, today, says, I'm going to play one hole of Desert Golf per day for the rest of my life. Can you imagine being the guy who made that game and how you would feel I want, that guy's, that. I want to see that guy's then, like, iPhone in 40 eight, years. Eight, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, like eight years from now, he just like hits up that guy on Twitter and is like, you know, I'm on hole like uh, 3,000. Yeah. Still doing it. <laughs> like that would be one of the most terrifying things someone could ever say to me as someone who like makes a thing. Really? Yeah. Because like, because, because you've made something that is going to accompany that person until their death. Okay. Slowly and inexorably. It's kind of nice though. It's like a, it's like a companion. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's There's a, something kind of sweet about a that. A cheery companion. Having something, even on your worst days, you like play your your one hole. It's nice for that person. That's like me doing the New York Times crossword puzzle. I've done it every day. Yeah, Will, like you were talking. Years. Who, who's John? Who's the guy who made Desert Golfing? 
Justin Smith. Justin Smith. Will Shorts is your Justin Smith. Yeah. But I don't say to Will Shorts, like, also, I feel like it's a little bit different. Maybe it's not different. He designs a new thing every day to be done by people as part of the daily routine. And also, he doesn't do yeah. all of them. Like, yeah. he's yeah. the editor. Right, but right, like, right, right. Yeah. But it's also, it's known that I made this for you on a Tuesday, you'll play right. it on a Wednesday, and that right. is the relationship we have forever. Yeah. As opposed to just, I just, just made like, this stupid game, like but you could game. do this. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Huh. It's- that was a real dead end, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Oh, dead end. I like that game, though. Desert Golfing. Yeah. I was talking to Chris about this last night, Jake, but like, because I know all the bonkers stuff in it because of this podcast, I now just have to appreciate it for what people purchase it for. Which is to be the simplest golf yeah, game. Yeah, it's like a stupid did. little golf game. Right. And like, I like it because it's a stupid little golf game, but then I don't, I've been robbed. I'm going to say robbed. That's kind of a pejorative. I've, I'm unable to be surprised by the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm still really, I think that's a testament to just how well it's made. That, like, Desert Golfing still also, it. admittedly, for as much as you enjoy this, Chris, I, I would say that Desert Golfing, <laughs> well, I started gold blooming there. Ah, uh, I would, I would say <laughs> that Desert Golfing is a game that, uh, that can, that can fascinate and captivate you only if you allow it to and fixate on that. Oh, of course. Like, you, oh, right. Desert right, Golfing, right, right. Definitely. Desert Golfing is, you just say, "Oh, I've heard this game is a game that you can fix it on." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and then just sort of get w- wound up Desert golfing does not ask you own. to give a shit about that. Desert golfing yeah. asks you to get a low score. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's true. But uh oh. So two things about desert golfing. One, <laughs> here we go. One, okay. So one of them undercuts my my own kind of observations, I think, and one of them reinforces it, perhaps. So the first observation that some people have made to me Do that it I says Goldblum. What? I said it'd be gold. <laughs> nope. Oh. Uh, what several people have pointed out to me a thing that I did not pick up on at all, which is that desert golfing is a total homage to Desert Bus. Uh which is do you guys does everyone know Desert Bus? Yeah, Desert Bus oh, is yes. a Penn and Teller game. Yeah, it's yeah. the right. It's the game where you just It takes drive eight hours to drive, to drive from, to air, from like it's Reno to somewhere. It's like Yuma to Vegas. Okay, that's something what it Something like is. that. Yeah. yeah. And like you just have to slightly correct the steering. For hours and hours. You can't just let it go. And there's no pausing. Go off track. There's no pausing. You just have to slowly correct the steering for hours and hours and hours. It's just desert. It's a shitty desert. It's like intended to be the most boring ride imaginable. And there's like <laughs> a cactus in there. And people have pointed out that that is. That's the vase? Yeah. That's the ca- actual yeah. cactus oh, okay. in desert golf. Like desert golf is this weird. Oh, the actual sprite? Deliberately actual... mundane. I don't know if it's the exact sprite. Okay. But, but it's, it's, it's like, the same, same idea. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's this deliberately mundane. It just sand like sandy wasteland of nothing forever yeah. um homage to desert golfing which kind of makes when you, the the when cactus you, choice less fascinating well in a way more interesting and in a way less interesting right than like my kind of just existential angst about it <laughs> um the thing that is the other thing that i saw the other day was a, a video that someone took of like whole 3,384 or something. It's not the right number, but it was somewhere in the mid 3,000s of a hole that suddenly just breaks physics. And like, it's a really flat, just nondescript hole with very little uh, terrain feature, very few terrain features. Um, But once you try and just put the ball in, it just fucks with your physics constantly (laughs) to like send it careening past the hole or to have it like bounce off an invisible wall and just or speed it up, like do all kinds of crazy things. And I saw a YouTube video of someone 
playing until they got it. And it took them like 120 strokes because they had to just try every little angle of like, oh, uh, shoot it like up and over what this might <laughs> be an invisible wall here. I'm not sure. But then it would bounce way away and they'd have to try it again. And it's just they sped up the video times two speed because it, it would just be insufferable to watch yeah. otherwise. Uh, and this is just something that the author of the game just inserted Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours into it. Right. That's like how one of the levels has like a profile of a face in it for no reason. Right. Yeah. Do you think that this person was just sort of fucking with players? Or do you think there was like a real intentionality to like these specific I mean, that's my whole question about this game. (laughs) It feels very much like a person made this game and then sort of added a couple details in out of bored and entertaining themselves and then went (laughs) and put it in the app store. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's probably. I mean, I love that idea. That's that's great. Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. But it might be some sort of treatise on the 10,000 days that Sean has left in his life or whatever. <laughs> That's what it, he's going to see this face on yep. day 3,384. So I just wanted to um, super quickly, if I can, just say the names of the people that were on that panel I mentioned oh, yeah, earlier because I totally, completely I blanked on their names. And I didn't want to. Yeah, it's called Politics and Games, the Creation of Message and Meaning. The speakers were Naomi Clark, Mohini Dutta, I apologize for forgetting her last name, Ben Norskov, Ido Stern, and then Patricia Hernandez. So. Do you know if Indicade talks get recorded and put up anywhere? Or are they just like... I really don't know. I, I live-tweeted pretty much the whole thing and somebody storified it. And I can find that link. Oh, cool. And actually... Could um, you put that in the thread? Yeah, I could definitely do that. It was just a really good talk. So, sorry. I just wanted to get the names out there so it didn't sound like I was completely making shit up and just off the cuff saying, it was cool, but there's no yeah substance to what I said. I just played Smash Brothers all week. Um... <laughs> The more single player stuff. Yes, I did a little bit of online play, but there's not. I don't need to talk about it. Yeah, that's fine. It plays the way you'd expect. Sure. Yeah, and it's good and it's fun. Don't break your your circle pad because that's <coughs> yeah, it's, easy to do. It's mostly anonymous. Has a little bit of lag, and everyone's better than me. That, that, that's Smash Brothers multiplayer. <laughs> Smash Brothers. <laughs> your weekly Smash Brothers update. <laughs> that's also just. <laughs> what the world looks like through my eyes at all times. <laughs> yes. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Have you encountered more <laughs> characters of one type more than others? Like there, th- there's a theory right there out. There's a theory out there right now that some people are favoring certain characters. Like the more I percentage of people. Okay. I started there's curiosity. There's a meta game. There's like a meta. Of course. Like, oh, there yeah. always is. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like Smash Brothers for the GameCube ended up eventually just optimizing down to you are Star Fox and you play in Final Destination. Like, that's... Yeah. But, like... Oh, the one, actually, the one notable thing that I wasn't expecting, because I don't think they did it like this in Brawl, but the 3DS Smash Brothers, when you press, I want to play online just by myself, it says, are you in it for fun? Or are you in it for, like... It's like an for old... blood. <laughs> it basically is. It reminds me of, it's like... glory or something yeah, like that, it? Yeah, it reminds it? Yeah. me of, like, you're going to quit playing Wolfenstein 3D, and it's like, do you want to be a baby? Or are you in this for guts and glory like a man? And, like... Because it is just, like, fun yeah. time, and it has Kirby, like, getting knocked back while smiling and has a star coming out. And then the other one is, like, glory, and it's just, like, five <laughs> anime guys with swords. But if you click on glory, it's, like, Omega Mode stage is only no items. <laughs> Serious shit And right so there. the Omega yeah. Mode version of the stages... Yeah. I think Nintendo got tired of pro players only playing on Final Destination. So now every stage's theme, you can flip it to Omega mode, which just keeps all the art and the music and all the little ambient effects, but just replaces it with one flat platform. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't play on that mode because I knew I'd just be ruined. Yeah. 
Um, and even in playing for fun mode, everyone random rolls the character. People vote on a random map. And it's like, well, okay, <laughs> fine. I'm just going to be <laughs> That's Luigi That's how you over have here. fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it was fun, but whatever. I was, yeah. I was surprised that they went so far as to just embrace this is how people who give a shit about skill-based smash brothers play the game we're just going to have that top line yeah. of the of the multiplayer menu just like a binary switch that just throws quick access to that mode it was really surprising kind of good yeah. i think yeah that they have that option yeah, just makes me want the wii u version anyway uh, do you guys want to read mail from readers well, i'd love to do i that. do want to do that I have been finding some of it. Oh, we talked about... Oh, should we uh, do the thing where we wrap up what we talked about? Oh, yeah. I got it, I think. Awesome. This... Since... Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to list all the games <laughs> Good every housekeeping. Week. Um, we discussed Sherlock Holmes' Crimes and Punishments. Yes. We this Sherlock Holmes' Consulting Detective. The Los Angeles International Airport. <laughs> Indicade. Uh, Vietnam Romance. Uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter, murder soul, or Murdered Soul Suspect, Desert Golfing, Desert Bus, and Super Smash Brothers 4 3DS, oh, yeah. as nice. it is officially called. Absolutely. All right. So Minta Duamel writes uh, Zabalba. Hey, Thumbs. I listen to your podcast and binges, starting with the most recent one and working my way backwards until I've caught up on the past several months. I began another round recently and got to episode 170, Esophagus Sarcophagus, where Danielle <laughs> mentioned she'd played a game called Zabalba. I don't remember what the game was like anymore, but I remember you guys joking that the word Zabalba sounded like a Star Wars name. Perhaps it was reminiscent of Zabalba. Zabalba. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Mexican-Canadian and just wanted to let you know, Zabalba isn't a made-up word. It's the name of an underworld in Mayan mythology, uh, which he links to on Wikipedia. Since I grew up in Canada, I don't know a ton about my Mexican heritage, but my dad was always proud of his native background and taught us some things about it growing up. If you're, if you're interested, it's pronounced something like this. And then I think what she's writing is intended to be said, Zabalba, okay. I think. Cool. Follow the YouTube link to hear a reviewer pronounce it correctly and awesomely. Okay, well, um, she has a YouTube link. Nice. <laughs> Apparently a metal band somewhere named themselves after the Mayan underworld. Go figure. Um, to close, love the podcast. And it was a pleasant surprise to begin my latest binge and find out there's a girl here now. Hi, Danielle. Hi. Minta Duhamel. That's awesome. Thank you for letting us know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make fun of something that was real. It seemed like it was like a metal thing <laughs> in the game or something so did some metal people yeah. think most that. metal things yeah. tend to then just be named after the mythology of various yeah. nations though yeah that's that's yeah. a good point yeah or made that's, up mythologies or made up mythologies cool. i want right. yeah i want to know nations or middle earth yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly speaking of middle earth oh um we had a few emails about shadow about our shadow of mortar discussion shadow. um so steve hack writes um, hi, Thumbs. I really enjoyed the discussion about Shadow of Mordor and the surrounding moral questions being set in the Lord of the Rings universe brings, but I disagree with two points Chris brought up. One, I don't agree that Talion is presented nobly, Talion being the main character of the mm -hmm. game. He and the Wraith are both presented as seeking revenge and using his moments, and his moments of humanity are shown by using trickery, deceit, and stealth rather than brute force to slaughter orcs. Even if their goal is defeating the forces of Mordor and Sauron, neither character is good. It's mentioned by the freed slaves that Talion was hunting them before the orcs overran wherever he was stationed. Um, the next point isn't Chris's so much as Carolyn Pettit's, as you referenced her due to uh, not having reached the end of the game yet. It's unfortunate that the plot seems undercut for the sake of sequelitis um, because Celebrimbor is not a good person. He's clearly corrupting Talion. If they could have just ended the game, I could see a fall of those characters like you suggest the corrupting power implies in Lord of the Rings. Talion should have died. Celebrimbor should be released or doomed to eternal torment. Instead, they have the Middle-Earth equivalent of a ghost-dead guy high-five to keep kicking ass. It's a, it's a shame because it was so close. Thanks all. Please keep casting pods. Steve Badfinger Hack. Um, and then also on this topic, Sean Green writes, uh, hi, Thumbs. I enjoyed the discussion about... Is this about more shadow of names? Shadows. <laughs> what? No, nothing. Go ahead. 
Uh, hi, Thumbs. I enjoyed the discussion in 179 about the way Shadow of Mordor goes to some lengths to, per- to portray orc society and imbue them with character and then asks you to mercilessly slaughter and enslave them for hours on end. Um, the reason why I'm writing is because some of your comments reminded me of a book of which I'd guess you're probably unaware. Apologies if you are. In the late 90s, a Russian scientist and writer named Karol Eskov wrote and published in Russian a book called The Last Ring Bearer, which essentially reframes Tolkien's The Lord of the Ring from the point of view of rank-and-file members of Sauron's army. It's essentially an exploration of the idea of history being written by the victors and presents the tale of the One Ring's destruction not as an epic tale of good triumphing over evil, but as a war between decadent and corrupt societies obsessed with their mythic past versus societies which look forward via industrial and technological process. Or at least that's my understanding of it. I've only read a few chapters so far. For a decade, the novel wasn't available in English, apparently due to fear of the Tolkien estate's lawyers, but a fan translation published on LiveJournal was given Eskov's blessing back in 2010. Nick Brecken's LiveJournal. <laughs> you can find out more here if you're so inclined, um, which there's an address, which is, I guess I'll just read the URL because it's not super long. Why Markov, Y-M-A-R-K-O-V dot LiveJournal.com slash 270570.html. As always, great show. Keep casting it. I'll keep listening. Um, that sounds cool. Also, all I was, what I was saying yeah. about shadow uh, shadow of stuff is in the style of uh, crimes and punishments, wars and pieces, and not being able to be like not being able to come up with it. We spent like a long time shadow last week of the being Empire. like, yeah, yeah, shadow it starts there, but, yeah, yeah sh- shadow of the colossus, <laughs> shadow of the empire, <laughs> yeah, shadow of colossus. People, yeah, people in the uh, in I feel like there's a third one, but I guess that's forum. I guess that's the two but shadow yeah. run. Shadow of the Run, Shadows Shadow of, of Run, Shadow, Shadow of Run. Of Run. Yeah, weird. we were just like, seems there should be like a whole bunch of games named this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in my car listening to the podcast, going, You're "Are you going- serious? <laughs> These guys can't remember of the Colossus, the Empire." Ugh. I know, and I really liked Shadows of the Empire when I was, you know, twelve. I love Shadows of the out. Empire. It was really fun. Oh, a lot of cast has been has been spilt uh, on the on the, of on the Dash saga Rendar. of Darth of Dash Rendar. Darth Rendar. Whoa, that's your that's, that's your that's in, in the, the, the margins <laughs> of your of your notes in school. They got married. No, Darth Rendar. <laughs> no, I know he married Darth. He married Vader. Darth Icky. That <laughs> would be lovely. <laughs> that would be some Star Wars slash fic I would read. A Vader Rendar wedding. Vader Rendar. <laughs> I'll send you a thing. Do we have any more reader? Mail? <laughs> You're like, yep. <laughs> I mean, we have a bunch more, but All right. we might want to wrap it up. At this point, <laughs> do any readers have slash fic between Dash Rendar? If you have Rendar any Dash Rendar slash Vader. fic, please send it to questions at idlethumbs.net <laughs> along with any other video game inquiries you might have. <laughs> Darth Icky. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs> and remember, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, it really helps us promote the show. It actually does. People find the show that way. It's it does a nice. lot. Please review us, please. Google Darth Icky. <laughs> that is definitely worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> That did we talk about that? No, we never talked about the internal meeting at LucasArts where George Lucas pitched Darth Icky or Darth. What? I don't remember the other name. Sidious. No, Darth Sidious is real. Yeah, Darth Sidious. It was Darth Icky or Darth. I I don't want to Google and find it. It Darth Grossy Pants. Like what? They were talking about. They were were working on um on uh Jedi whatever. What was the first? The past two Jedi games. Oh, Force, Force Unleashed. Force yeah, Unleashed. Yeah. And they were like, Darth Icky or Darth Insanius. Oh, Darth what? So yeah, they were talking what? about like these characters, and they said, "Oh, I think it'd be good if like we could, if you would allow us to make one of these characters a Darth, the bad guy." Yeah. And then Lucas agreed, and then suggested bold-faced 
Darth Icky or Darth Insanius. <laughs> and they all waited for a laugh or a crack of a smile that never came. <laughs> they solid four count, and then he moved on to something else. <laughs> Pretty fucking good. Apparently those, like... I've heard other off-the-record stories about those meetings, about that game series in particular, because that was, like, at the height of Lucas, I guess, not having a lot going on, but LucasArts producing a bunch of AAA Star Wars yeah. stuff. It's ridiculous. It, I, it's insaneous, I feel like Darth even. Icky and Darth Insanius would have to just be, like... Can we have Slash Fic for them? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, like if that's the tip of the iceberg, then I can imagine the rest of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's tasty. It's a tasty iceberg. It's a tasty iceberg. Yeah, a tasty berg. Yes, it's a tasty. I'm really berg. hungry. Yeah, Subscribe fine, to whatever. iTunes for Darth Icky. 